Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We talk a lot on this show about how our immigration system has no shortage of problems. But we often focus on how many of those problems are not only well within our government's power to fix, there's actually broad bipartisan agreement. And it often becomes an issue of political will uh, and the enjoyment they have of fake fights, false choices, and a lot of fundraising for campaigns. One problem area in our system is how we distribute work visas. Uh, This system also has a wide range of solutions on how to make that better. So the question really becomes, how do we attract top talent to the country? And then how do we make sure we get Congress on board with adopting solutions to our immigration system so we can attract, train, and retain top talent from around the world? Daniel DiMartino is a Venezuelan freedom activist and economist and a graduate fellow at the Manhattan Institute where he focuses on high-skill immigration policy. This is an area we got to get right. Daniel, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Boyd. So let's jump into this. Uh, Let's talk about this area of employment-based visas so that we can attract the world's best talent and then then keep them. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that most Americans would be surprised to know that we actually admit very few high-skilled immigrants for our population and relative to other countries as well. Uh, We only make uh, 14% of our green cards available based on employment or skills. And of those, most of them go to the family members of the person we actually want to bring. So we end up admitting some fewer than 60,000 people who are high-skilled immigrants every year. Wow. Uh, so when you look at those numbers, uh, so you're talking about the really high skills. So you're talking about CEOs and physicians, uh, engineers, programmers. Uh, and we know there's a, a big need. Our American businesses need that kind of talent in those places. Uh, so what are some of the things that we ought to be looking at to shift that? Or how do we tweak that policy in a way uh, where we can get more of those people in the country? Yeah, well, one thing is that regardless of the number we admit, we want to make it attractive such that the highest skill, skilled people from all over the world are want to apply in the first place. And, and they get in the queue. And that's not happening now because the average time it's taking for somebody to obtain permanent residency through one of the traditional channels, even a CEO right now who wanted to be transferred from, say, you know, a huge company like KFC or, or, or something of that sort, it would take over 30 months for them to be able to immigrate legally to the United States with a green card. Um, as a consequence, a lot of companies are just applying to, for a lot of temporary work visas that they're not really intending to use. They really want somebody to come here on a permanent basis, but because they can bring them quick enough, they apply for a, for a temporary visa. We should be changing how the system works so that it's much faster and, and companies don't need to over-apply to things that we also limit in numbers, right? Because the, the H-1B visa, the most used temporary work visa, is limited to only 85000 a year. And if we have people applying to H-1B visas unnecessarily because they really want a green card, then, then we really need to be changing the green card process such that we, we can give those visas to the people who actually need them. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. 
In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, that, yeah, I amen to all of that. <laughs> and, and this shouldn't be that hard. This is one of those that we should get to. Uh, I know one of the er- other areas that you have been focused on uh, are the international students. Uh, and a lot of people, again, don't think about this side of it. Some people say, oh, we have a, a lot of foreign students that are coming, international students coming to our colleges and universities. Uh, but many of them are really struggling because they can't work off campus. Uh, and so it's part of that whole process. That's right. And many people forget that people like Elon Musk came here on a student visa to the United States initially. And now they are, you know, some of the richest people in the world. And we want to foster that kind of assimilation and that kind of investment in in the United States. And right now, what Elon Musk did with Tesla, with with opening a new company while he was in school, that would be illegal under under our laws. And I think it's very much against the interest of the United States to have a population of very high-skilled entrepreneurial people, nearly one million people with different visa statuses right now in the country, who are not allowed to work. Uh, I think that if you are admitted here for a very long period of time and you are a college-educated person uh, who's here legally, you should be allowed to work. And that's good for Americans because we would have, imagine having a million more taxpayers uh, and it doesn't require admitting any new immigrants, the people we already have here. Uh, that's so important. And, and I, I, for me personally, I always think of those entrepreneurial companies, those small businesses uh, that could literally be transformed by some of these high-skilled uh, people coming to the United States. Uh, and again, if we can streamline, simplify uh, the, fact that it, the fact that it's so complex and takes so long, uh, does the worst thing for, for any business, and that is to create uncertainty. Uh, and, and that uh, I'm sure keeps a lot of those high skilled folks saying, hey, I, that's just uh, that's just too stressful for me or for my family to, to be there. But to have this hanging over our head and then who knows if the paperwork gets lost in, in some agency office or someone decides to be cranky that day and and push it back. Uh, all of that is is bad for for business and is bad for the country. Yeah. And, and we're competing with other countries, right? The, the United States is. Uh, countries like the United Kingdom are responding to to high skilled visa applicants in less than a week for things we're wow. taking over a year to do, uh, and that only requires the the immigrant to pay approximately eight hundred British pounds, which is less than a thousand dollars. And if we allowed the same type of service to for our high skilled migrants, then we would be able to solve most of the uh, the backlog that we have at USCIS or immigration agency. Right now, USCIS is sitting on over eight million applications of different legal immigrants that they're just they just haven't processed. It's a backlog that's been growing for years under both Obama, Trump, and now Biden. 
And it's all a bureaucratic executive solution. It does not require Congress to act to, to speed up processing times. Uh, it only requires them to be willing to, to charge migrants uh, an, an extra fee for, for faster service. Mm. Eight million. Eight million. That's, uh, that is extraordinary. And again, especially when we're, we just have to make the system move a little faster. And I love the fact, Daniel, that you brought this into international competitiveness and America's place in the world there, because if places like the UK are expediting uh, these kinds of, of work visas, uh, that uh, that's a game changer. And uh, that can really make a difference in terms of innovation, in terms of the economy and jobs, uh, and of course, uh, upward mobility that we're trying for so many. So uh, great, uh, great insight. Uh, as we move into the new year, of course, as the new Congress comes in, we'll be watching this closely. Uh, I still believe we could reform and fix about 94% of the immigration problem in an afternoon on the House floor and the Senate floor because everyone agrees. But the politics, the politics is where we get in trouble. Both sides like to use this for fundraising. They like to use it as a wedge issue for campaigns. Uh, and this is one that we've just got to get done. It's so simple uh, and it's very straightforward. And uh, this is when we got to put some pressure on all members of Congress uh, to actually get done. Daniel DiMartino, uh, Venezuelan freedom activist and economist and a graduate fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Great piece there uh, looking at uh, this very important, how do we attract, train, retain uh, the talent that we need here in the country? Daniel, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. All right, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about somebody who went to Columbia, went to Oxford, went to John Hopkins, went to Pennsylvania Law School, and is now driving a children's toy and book company. We'll tell you why and how coming up next. Stick around.